speak words of truth and grace that heals. Let's talk about it on Key Life. It's for freedom that Christ set us free, and Key Life is here to bring you biblical teaching that encourages you to never give in to slavery again. Our teacher on Key Life is Steve Brown. He's an author, broadcaster, and seminary professor who's sick of phony religion. Thank you, Matthew. We're still studying Proverbs if you've been away for a while. And we were talking yesterday about words that divide. And we were looking at Proverbs eighteen nineteen. A brother offended is harder to win than a strong city. And contentions are like the bars of a castle. In other words, the writer of Proverbs, and thus God himself says, learn to be careful of what you say, because what you say is important. One of the interesting things about the Bible is the concept of the power of words. Uh, That starts with God, and he creates by the word. He speaks it, and the word itself is the creative power of the universe. And if you read the book of Psalms, you'll find benedictions. What are benedictions? Benedictions are pronouncements of blessing on other people. And the Bible teaches that when you give somebody a benediction, it really does bless. It really does make a difference. And there are also in the book of Psalms, maledictions, and those are curses. And those words have power too. So the writer of Proverbs says, a brother offended is harder to win than a strong city, and contentions are like the bars of a castle. So you have to be careful of the words that you speak. A number of years ago, I spoke at a large ecclesiastical meeting and offended a bunch of people. And uh, I, I'm not going to tell you the whole story, but it was it was interesting. I really didn't mean to offend them. I uh, I had a a young man come up to me afterwards uh, who said, uh, "Doctor Brown, I was hurt by what you said today," and I said, "Son." this is not a big enough place to hurt you. And he said, do you not want to hear what a fellow elder has to say? And I said, no, I really don't. But if you want to be honest, I'll listen. He said, I think you are arrogant. I think you are rude. And I think you are prideful. And I said, bingo. But I'm better than I was, and Jesus isn't through with me yet. But at any rate, I could tell you more about that story, but I ended up having an article written about me that was very critical. In fact, I was brought up in charges uh, on one occasion. Nothing ever came from it because I was in the right and they were in the wrong. (laughs) But... But at any rate, I decided when I read this article in this particular Christian magazine that I was going to respond to the guy who was the editor of the magazine, and I did, and it was a very, very angry letter. Now, up to the time when I started teaching at seminary, I was kind of my own boss. 
But at seminary, I realized that things that I did and said affected the institution where I was teaching. So I decided to let the president of the seminary, and his name is Luther Whitlock, a very wise man in so many ways, I decided to take the letter before I sent it and have Luther read it. He sat down and read the letter, and he said, Steve, this is all true. But if I were you, I wouldn't send it. Because if you send it, you're going to stir this thing up, and it's going to be worse than it's been before. And I said, if you tell me not to send it, I won't. And he said, I'm not telling you that. This is not an order. It's just saying, be careful. And I sent it. And Proverbs eighteen nineteen became the reality of my life. <laughs> now, I'd like to tell you that everything ended well, and it did sort of, but it took a very long time because I didn't stop and consider the words that I spoke. Be careful. Be careful. Think about the person you're talking to and what will bless and what will curse what will bring healing, and what will cause wounds. Words are very powerful, the Bible says, and often the words we speak become the reality that's a part of our existence. All right, I don't want to talk any more about that. Let's talk about first impressions. Proverbs eighteen seventeen says, The first one to plead his case seems right until the neighbor comes and examines him. <laughs> Is that true or what? You know, you can listen to one side of an argument, be ready to cheer and become a cheerleader for the person who's making the argument until you hear a second opinion, and then all of a sudden everything falls apart and you're not sure anymore. Uh and so, uh, be careful of first impressions always. In fact, I taught seminary students, be careful of first impressions on the pulpit committee. Pulpit committees will come on when they want you to be their pastor as being wonderful and spiritual and praiseworthy, and they'll tell you how wonderful you are and I tell students, don't you believe a word of it. The one that was critical of you will probably end up being your best friend and your best supporter. And the ones that told you how wonderful you were, that you were just waiting for a vacancy in the Trinity, those people could end up being those that throw rocks at you later on. The book of Proverbs uh, uh, says that it takes a while to make a friend. Don't go by first impressions. There's a book, I may have told you about it, by a man by the name of Gerard. It was given to be by a nurse professor in a medical school. And it's called The Transparent Self. And one of the things in that book, I don't know whether Gerard is a Christian or not, was the importance of trading pieces of one's soul. When you meet somebody and they seem so wonderful 
and so wise that you tell them your life story right off, you're going to end up in a lot of trouble. You got to give friendship some time. You got to let you got to let things seep in. You got to give a little bit of yourself, and when they give a little bit of themselves, and neither one of you stomp it in the ground, then you can give a little bit more of yourself, and they will give a little bit more of themselves, and one day you'll wake up with a friend that will be as close as a brother. But what the book of Proverbs is saying, be very careful of first impressions. Uh, give it time. Let it, sin, let it seep a while. Be still. Uh, those first impressions are often the wrong impressions. Let me show you something else. Uh, the difference between acquaintances and friends Proverbs 18.24 says this, and we're going to talk a little bit more about this next week, but I want to introduce it to you. This is what the writer of Proverbs says. A man or a woman who has friends must himself or herself be friendly. But there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. In other words, there are acquaintances. If you're a friendly person, you'll have lots of acquaintances. But friends, that's another thing. If you have two or three or four close friends who will stick as close as a brother, you ought to consider yourself very blessed indeed. I may have shared it with you, but it's a funny statement that a friend will forgive you if you kill somebody. But a real friend will help you bury the body. <laughs> well, I don't know about that. But real friends are hard to come by. And it, and it takes time, so you have to be careful. And so the advice that the writer of the book of Proverbs would give all of us, not only be careful of first impressions, but be careful of how you build a friendship. Do it very carefully. Reveal yourself a little bit at a time. Let them reveal themselves a little bit of a at a time. And eventually, if things go well, you'll end up with a friend who will help you bury the body. <laughs> I don't send me letters. I'm just kidding around. But it really is important. My mentor, late mentor, Fred Smith, said his most uh, favorite thing in the world was to introduce friends to friends. And he did that. And he was my friend. And it changed my life. You think about that. Amen. Thank you, Steve. And with that, we land the plane for this week of Teaching from Proverbs. Steve will be back tomorrow, joined by our good friend Pete Allenson. For a little something we call Friday Q&A. Tomorrow they'll tackle this question. What about the Trinity in the Old Testament? Intrigued? I know I am. Be sure to join us tomorrow. Well, if you hadn't heard, today is Leap Day. It only happens every four years. That's pretty rare. You know what's also rare? Finding someone who doesn't have a hidden agenda. And sorry, but that includes you and me. 
But there's good news. God invites us to drop our masks and discover how his love and grace propel us into the real relationships we thought we'd never have. Steve talks about this in a special booklet called Hidden Agendas, based on his book of the same name. Get your free copy of that booklet by calling us at 1-800-KEY-LIFE. That's 1-800-539-5433. You can also email steve at keylife.org to ask for that booklet. To mail your request, go to keylife.org slash contact to find our mailing addresses. Again, just ask for your free copy of the Hidden Agendas booklet. And last thing, if you value the work of Key Life, would you join us in that work through your financial support? You can charge a gift on your credit card or include a gift in your envelope or simply pick up your phone and text Key Life to 28950. Again, that's Key Life, one word, two words, doesn't matter. Just text that to 28950, then follow the instructions. Key Life is a member of ECFA in the States and 4C in Canada, and we are a listener-supported production of Key Life Network.